When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Chasing Perfection, a UConn women's basketball podcast. I'm Daniel Connolly here with Megan Gower. Folks, we finally made it. It is a game week, an exhibition game week, but a game week nonetheless. On Sunday, we're finally going to see UConn women's basketball take the court in competitive action, even if it is against a Division II opponent that they will beat by 70. We're finally going to see the 2021-22 Huskies live in action for the first time against Fort Hayes State at Gamble Pavilion. Exhibitions are a little bit of a catch-22 in that, yes, it's the first chance we're going to get to see the team, but at the same time, it's not like they're going up against great competition and the coaching staff is going to be doing different things that they might not do in the regular season. They're going to be trying out different players with each other, maybe giving some players that wouldn't necessarily see as much time in the regular season a good amount of playing time just to see if maybe something changes. But nonetheless, it's going to be really exciting to see what they do. I think just first and foremost, I think it's going to be really fun to finally watch a UConn game in front of fans again. I don't know what the crowd's expected to be, but I know that UConn announced that there are almost 4,000 season ticket holders at Gamble Pavilion. 3,946 is the official number, according to UConn's official Twitter account on October 29th. 4,899 season tickets for women's basketball at the XL Center. Just for a point of reference, the men's basketball team has sold 6,327 at the XL Center and 3,621 at Gamble Pavilion. So a lot more than the women at XL, but the women have more at Gamble, which is interesting. I'd kind of like to know the trends behind that a little bit, bit, but just I mean, first night was such a tease with all the students being there and the excitement that that brought. I'm curious to see if that energy and that just anxiousness to have a full crowd back, I believe it's going to be a full crowd. We haven't heard anything otherwise in front of actual basketball, even if it is only an exhibition, I think that's going to be really exciting. Yeah, agreed. I'm excited to be hopefully back in the arena with fans and watching the team play in person i feel like that's the biggest thing with any exhibition game is really it's just like the first chance to see the team in person for the season i'm actually reading the fine print here on this tweet but the gamble season ticket number for the women 3946 that's apparently the most season tickets they've sold since the 2007-08 season that's really surprising to me like i i'm not doubting that that's right but that just doesn't feel right if you know what i mean yeah it's like an odd Areas of years to be like ne- never got met during like the student area. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe was it the whole they were killing everyone? But but even just 0708, it's not like that was a good team. Yeah, and I'm like, it's not like I was like, it would make sense if it was like when they switched to the American or something, but it's not that. So yeah, yeah, that was Maya Moore's freshman year, right? Yeah, I think so. I'm yeah, kind so of would want to like watch Maya Moore as a freshman and then like not keep watching Maya Moore. Right. 
What did you see during that freshman year where you were like, you know what? I've got my fill. I don't need to see your play anymore. I'm all set. Especially they went undefeated the next year. <laughs> went back-to-back national championships. Even the men, like the 6,327 number, that's only the most they've had since 2011, 2012 coming off a national championship. So it's not like that's, I mean, that's 10 years ago now, but there's at least reason they haven't been selling that many season tickets in that long. I think the, the gamble number for the men is 2015-16, which was the last year they made the NCAA tournament before this past year. So like both those two things make sense. I don't mm-hmm. understand why the women's one has been that long since they, they've sold that many season tickets. That's really weird. I don't know who I could even ask to get an answer about why that why that is. Yeah, I guess Twitter. I don't know. People that actually buy season tickets. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, what are you looking forward to on Sunday? Mostly seeing the team in action, seeing the freshmen on the court for the first time. I think I feel like that's always the like the draw of the exhibition game. You're not gonna get any like real, I think, major takeaways from seeing like from the opponent. Cough, cough. Like all the South Carolina fans and media on my timeline right now that think they're gonna like lead the country and everything because of what they're doing to some division two team. Anyway, um, but I am excited to see them in in action and just like start to get a little bit more of a sense of what some of these freshmen look like on the court and what their game looks like. Yeah. I have an interesting take here. I feel like I'm almost more excited to see Caroline Ducharm than AZ FUD. Not that I'm not excited to see AZ. I almost feel like I kind of know what I'm expecting and going to get out of AZ. Whereas Caroline still feels like such a big, question mark even though everything that's been said about her has been really positive I don't really know like I expect AZ is going to be a scoring guard that can play some defense hit a lot of threes I know Caroline can hit threes but I don't really know what the rest of her game is going to look like I think it's more just I know less about Caroline as a player and more specifically what she's going to look like as a player at UConn which I think are different things whereas AZ she's not going to be Paige, but I can see her having kind of a similar style to Paige, or maybe more of a similar style to Kristen Williams freshman year because of the way they're both kind of off ball scoring guards. I just really am not sure what Caroline's going to look like. So I'm, I'm eager to see what she's like. And yeah, like you said, just in general, all the freshmen dorky Uhas too, but I've just, the more I've thought about it, the more I'm just kind of looking forward to finally seeing what Caroline's all about. Yeah, I mean, I think that makes sense because we've seen so many highlights of AZ and AZ's been talked about so much through the recruiting process and stuff that it's you just feel like you have a better sense of what her game's like, where Caroline Dutram, I think, is someone that kind of flew under the radar a little bit through the recruiting. We haven't really seen a lot of her clips and things like that, so it's going to look different and it's a little bit more surprising, whereas AZ, I think there's been, like, expectations set and you kind of know we don't know what you're going to get from her, but we at least I think I'll have at least some kind of an expectation of what we're going to get from her. That's a one o'clock tip on Sunday, which is more, it's going to feel like a two o'clock tip because the clocks go back this weekend. Oh. Not excited for that. Yikes. Yeah, that's one of the worst weekends of the year. Wait, doesn't that mean we get an extra hour of sleep though? That's a good thing. <laughs> it's not spring. It's no, fall. I thought this one dropped. It goes back. Do we get the extra like, hour? Yeah, because it's like it's like midnight and then it be, or it's like 1 a.m. and then it becomes midnight again. So you get an extra hour of sleep. Oh. 
Yeah. Oh, that changes my whole perspective. On that. <laughs> I, I feel like I need that extra hour of sleep the way I'm feeling today. So. Oh, this is huge because I'm going up to Maine this weekend for the hockey series and I'm rushing back on Sunday to get to the game, obviously. And I was thinking like, okay, well, I'm going to be staying in Portland on Saturday night. So it's a three hour drive back. I got to stop home and drive the half hour to campus. If I want to get there an hour early, I got to, no, oh, I'm going to have the extra hour to sleep. So you'll be fine. Wow. <laughs> wow. This is game changing. Okay. I'm way less upset about the clocks moving back. I still hate how dark it's going to get early. Oh my God. I'm already over that. And it's not even getting that dark that early yet. <laughs> I know it's, it's miserable when, I mean, I, I remember from last year when the only time I would get outside during the day was to go on a walk and I'd have to leave at like 3.30 at the latest in order to get like a reasonable walk-in while it was still light out. And a lot of times it would still be getting dark by the time I finish. It's, yeah. The good news is we're, what, a month and a half away from the shortest day of the year? Yeah, that's true. I don't, I don't know if that's good news or not. Well, it depends how you look on it, that we're only a month and a half away or it's going to be dark early and it's only going to get darker for a month and a half. <laughs> I mean, we're also like a month and a half away for Christmas. So I feel like we can just look at it positively. <laughs> That's true. That's true. It is Christmas season. We're officially past <laughs> Halloween. Okay. I actually, this is very off topic, but I, Christmas does not start after Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is when Christmas season starts. <laughs> Mariah Carey disagrees with you. I know. <laughs> Most Did you see her? Uh, I think she posted a TikTok or a reel on Instagram. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> it was actually pretty funny. If you haven't seen it, you should go check it out. It's a she's wearing her all I want for Christmas is you like Santa outfit or yeah, yeah, I said that right. Her Santa outfit. And she walks outside and there's pumpkins that it they're carved to say it's not time. She takes something at what is it, a giant candy cane or something, and smashes the one that says it's not that says not. So then the pumpkins just read it's time, and then all I want for Christmas is you starts playing. So Mariah Carey thinks it's time for Christmas. I don't know if I'm ready to commit myself to Christmas music yet, but I'm I'm ready to start getting into the spirit. Yeah, as someone that worked like retail over Christmas break for many years, Ooh. Christmas music is not my favorite thing. <laughs> okay, I can understand that. Any anyone else who said that, I would be a little questionable of that. That's a pretty valid reason to hate Christmas music. <laughs> Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Well, the Christmas season is near. UConn women's basketball season is even closer. So there's the exhibition on Sunday. I haven't read anything about streaming. I imagine they're going to put it somewhere. I think the last few years they have had the exhibition streamed somewhere, whether it's on the website, it's probably going to end up being on flow sports, honestly, which best of luck if it is to anyone who won't be there in person. And then the week after UConn opens the season at the XL center against Arkansas, to get ready, we're coming back once a week. If you haven't noticed, we recorded last week. We're back this week, starting to go once a week again, as we will throughout the regular season. We're going to have a full season preview today. Next week, we're going to get into our predictions. 
starting with the roster. Number one, are the seniors finally going to put it all together? Kristen Williams, Avina Westbrook, and Olivia Nelson Adota all have had their moments with the program. All have looked really good at times. They've all had their ups and downs. I think Avina Westbrook is the one that's probably had the highest floor of all of them. I don't think there's been many times where you've seen Avina Westbrook play and gone, okay, wow, that was way below my expectations. But I think there's still a higher ceiling that she can reach. Kristen Williams, obviously, unbelievably talented. We saw during the NCAA tournament last year just how good she can be on both ends of the floor. Can she put that together for a full season and be consistent with it? And then Olivia Nelson Adota, everybody's favorite player, really good against the bad teams, often mediocre against the decent teams, and really bad in UConn's biggest moments. Is she ever going to outgrow that? Is she going to have the mental toughness and the fortitude to get through adversity? What do you think? Oh, yeah. I feel like got to go player by player on this one because it's, yep. it's too much. But, yeah, I feel like Kristen Williams is one of the most interesting because, like you said, she, her ceiling is just so high. And I think especially when you think about not just this season, but what it means for her in terms of the WNBA draft. Like, it, she's a player that clearly has the potential to be a WNBA lottery pick. But I think what she does this season is going to go a really long way in determining if that happens or if she falls somewhere later in the first round, I don't really see there's a world where she's not a first world pick, but um, I think that's going to be a really interesting to follow. I feel like we're going to get the Kristen Williams that we've all like been hoping to get consistently this season. I don't know why I think it's this is more prediction than previewing, but I just, I feel like we're going to see that this season. I think from her attitude and stuff and what she has said to the media since kind of this the start of the summer feels like she feels like she's ready for that and I think we saw it really down the stretch of last season too with especially the Big East tournament her defense there really I think took her game to the next level and then if she can just get over some of those shooting woes that she had last season which we know she's capable of she's been a very good shooter at times she should be able to really pull it all together and kind of have that big senior season that's going to put her I think as a WNBA lottery pick Yeah, I would agree. I still remember her freshman year, that Notre Dame game, and just thinking, wow, she just has as much potential as I can remember a freshman coming into UConn in a long, long time. And I still don't feel like that potential's gone. It's still there. We've seen flashes of it, and especially during the NCAA tournament. I don't think I'm fully sold on her being that type of player game in and game out. I don't think she's shown a large enough sample size that she's going to be able to do that on a consistent basis and that she's going to be able to fight through whatever it is each game in order to get those numbers, or even if she's not getting those numbers, at least putting in the type of performance. Because I think the thing that we talked about, especially last season was that even there would be some nights where she'd get maybe 15, 17, 20 points, but it just didn't look like she was playing up to her full potential. She didn't have that look in her eye. She didn't have that just go get itness that we had seen flashes of here and there And I think that was something consistent that we saw throughout the NCAA tournament. And even though her numbers may not have been 20 points a game every single night, I think we saw that look in her eye every single game. So if that continues, yeah, I really feel strongly that she's going to have a good year. I think she's going to be an All-American as a senior, but I think she can do that without necessarily being an every game consistent player. So I'd rather see her become that top level player every single night rather than 
collect awards, but yeah, I, I don't think Kristen Williams is going to set the ceiling for this team, but if she can be an impact player every single night, instead of just it kind of coming whenever she feels like it, it makes them at least a lot more difficult to defend and score against too. Yeah, agreed. I think as she's playing at a higher level, it's like her and Paige become this one-two punch that just most teams aren't going to have an answer for. That's two really dynamic guards in different ways that if they're both scoring a ton, the ability to, I mean, we no one's really been able to contain Paige, period, but to try to contain both of them is, I think, going to be near impossible. I also think she's going to shoot better as a senior. She really wasn't great beyond the arc last season. I mean, she's never been great in her career. I think she's been right around like 35%, but she didn't want to use the elbow as an excuse for why she didn't shoot great last year. But I think part of her becoming this better player and scoring more is being a better three-point shooter. And I think she has the ability. It's just going to be a matter of if she can do it on a consistent basis. Shot 34% last year. And I remember for a while that sat below 33%. I think she raised that a bunch during the NCAA tournament. So I don't ever think she's going to be at Paige Becker's level where Paige shot 46% was above 50% for a lot of the year. But if she can be higher than let's say 35%, maybe up near 37, 38, then I think that's not only really going to boost her numbers, that's going to make you kind of much more dangerous team from three because she gets plenty of opportunities from outside and isn't afraid to shoot it. She could just knock them down more frequently. That's just a whole different element of her game. That's only kind of been there the first three years. Yeah, I agree with that. She's in the upper 30s. That's going to be really good for UConn. I mean, no one's going to shoot like 54% from three other than Paige Beckers, which is like, that's not a normal attainable level. People don't do that. So I don't like, I think even if she's in those upper 30s, closer to 40, I mean, the closer to 40 better, the better. But I think like having her and Beckers, and then, I mean, we're going to get to the freshman, but also easy, able to shoot is going to be a big difference maker for this team. Avina Westbrook too. Avina Westbrook was 33.9% last year. I, if I'm remembering right, wasn't it, she couldn't hit a three pointer for the longest time at the start of the season. She was terrible. And then she got really hot and then she was really cold in the postseason. Does that sound familiar? It sounds familiar looking right now, but yeah, I feel like there were stretches where she shot really well from three and then there were stretches where she really struggled. So I feel like she's demonstrated that she's capable of being a strong three-point shooter. It's just we haven't necessarily seen it with consistency. Is it weird to say that it might actually be better for her to be that type of player if UConn has more consistent shooters around her? Like if Paige is consistently hitting above 45%, and let's say Kristen's at 40%, just for argument's sake, and AZ's a 45% shooter, and Caroline's just so we're not making this team too overpowered. Let's say Caroline's a 35% shooter. I almost feel like it might be a little more beneficial to have someone that can get really hot and just start nailing a bunch of three pointers. And then when she gets cold, you have the other players that can pick up the slack because that Arkansas game, or was it the Tennessee game? It was one of those two games where Vina hit a bunch of big threes in a row to get UConn back in it. I think there's a lot of value in someone who can just get really hot for a little bit. We saw it with Anna two years ago. So I, I do kind of like having that really streaky shooter, even though you don't really know what you're going to get on a consistent basis. Someone that can just make a bunch in a row 
that's really valuable, especially in close games when you need to start making a comeback. If you start need to start making a comeback very well, this team might not even need that. <laughs> yeah. And I think it was the Arkansas game. She was five for seven from three in that game, but she was three for five in the Tennessee game too. So I think she hit a couple of big ones at the end of that Tennessee game, if I'm remembering right, but agreed. I think having someone that can kind of change the game in that way is important. But I also think when you talk about Avina, like, I don't think scoring is the most important thing that you can get from her. So they don't necessarily need her to hit 40% from three every game because that's not really, I think, Avina's role on this team. I think it's more important what you're getting from her on the defensive end, what you're getting from her in terms of facilitating, getting the rebounds, things like that. The type of like kind of dirty work that she does in game in and get out is more important. Yeah, I'm very excited to see what Avina is going to do this year. I think she's going to have a huge senior year in terms of impact. I don't know how much that's going to reflect on the scoreline and the stat sheet, though, just because she was so good at everything last year that she didn't necessarily get the credit she deserved from the outside world for how important she was to last year's team and really how good she was in general. But I just can't get over the fact that she said last year she really didn't have any confidence in her knee. She didn't know if it was going to give out when she went up for a shot. And when I asked Gino about it, he said that what he's noticed is that Avina isn't having to take as many breaks during practice. I guess the way he made it sound was last year, she would have to come out and kind of get a bit of a rest and let her knee calm down, I guess, or I don't really know how exactly it went, but there's been less of that this year. So I think just the fact that she has that confidence in her knee and that whether or not it's fully healthy, she feels good about it. I think that's going to have a really huge impact on our game and I mean, just in general, the more that you're out on the court for practice, the better you're going to be. So I, I'm really excited to see what she can do. I'm just not exactly sure how she's going to be better. If that makes sense. Like I know she'll play better. I don't know if her numbers are going to be better or they might not be dramatically better, but I think we'll just have a lot more games where it's like, wow, Avina was great tonight. Avina was great tonight. Avina was great tonight. Whether it's rebounds, whether it's three pointers, whether it's assists, whether it's none of those things, I think there are plenty of games where Vina Westbrook cannot get a ton of stats. And just from watching the game, you can see how much of an impact she has out there, if that makes any sense. No, I agree with that. I think some things she does are just things that don't necessarily show up on the stat sheet, but she's been having a huge impact on the game. And uh, I've, she's going to continue to do that. And I think we talked about that a lot last year where like, cause she kind of does whatever UConn needs that her to do in any given game, which having a player like that is always going to be beneficial. And then especially on a team like this, where there's so much talent elsewhere, they don't necessarily need her to score, but there's all these other ways she's going to impact the game and continue to impact the game. So that's going to kind of make her a better player. I do think she's going to get like continue to get overlooked kind of in the, like the national eye though, because when players' numbers don't necessarily show up on the stat sheet, I think they don't get that attention. But I think, you know, when you look at towards, like, the draft for her, too, like, uh, teams are watching her play and are going to know that, too. So I think she's going to be one of those players that's, like, a sneaky kind of fit in the draft later on because she's maybe not going to be on people's draft boards, but some team's going to pick her up because of that. Yeah, I, I don't know where she gets drafted, but there's going to be some team – 
that sees her play and they're like, okay, there's a spot for her in the WNBA. That's going to make our team a lot better. And I feel like it's going to be kind of along the same lines of crystal danger field where like she could go deep in the second round and then end up being one of the best players in the draft right away, just because of how well-rounded her game is, how mature she is. I think that's a really big factor for this team too, where absolutely not saying that she wasn't mature when she got to UConn, but you can definitely see that she's a much different person than when she first arrived. And she's even talked about how she's different than when she arrived and how she's taken on that big leadership role as mama E. So I also think that Avina is the perfect player on this team to get overlooked by everyone nationally, because as much as she's really good about putting the team first and not really caring about what her numbers are or anything like that, She's one of those players where it's genuinely, I don't really care. I'd rather just help the team where it's, I'm not saying anyone on UConn specifically, but it's just a general thing in sports where there's the players where they're like, oh, whatever helps the team, but you know that they want to pad their numbers. I don't think Avina cares about that, but I also think she's really good at knowing what people are saying and just kind of taking mental notes. When UConn posted that photo of Avina going into the locker room after the Tennessee game, you just knew how much that meant to her from everything she went through there. I think Avina is just going to love being this behind the scenes engine for this team. And she's just going to be taking mental notes of every single person who doubts her and is just going to use that as fuel the entire season. And um, I'm excited to see what it comes to. Yeah, agreed. And I know you already hit on it, but I think like we can't emphasize enough to her like leadership on this team too. I think that's going to be so critical. We saw it last year with everything like with COVID and stuff and her leadership off the court and keeping the team together and making the freshman at home. And that's going to be a big thing this year too. And I think you can't emphasize her impact on the team through that enough either. Like as much as what she does on the court is so important, that stuff is so important too. Yeah. I thought that was a huge part of her coming back because I was a little worried just with how tight last year's team was and just the circumstances that you went through. That was very tough for them to have to push through and they were together all the time. And just based on everything that happened, they were naturally an extremely close knit group. I was a little worried that the freshman class was going to come in and almost have to be outsiders because they didn't go through the COVID year and they didn't experience all of it. And they weren't forced to just quarantine with themselves for months and months and months on end until they went home. And I think part of it was just the team was really good at integrating the freshmen themselves, but you know, Avina has a big hand in that and making sure that they feel welcome and making sure that they are part of the team as much as anyone else. So it probably would have happened either way that the freshman would have been welcomed in and all that, but I think it even helps more with Avina there. Exactly. I think it's just someone that's going to step up and take that role on easily and kind of fits naturally into that spot. She's still there to do that. So that's going to be huge for them. So then there's Olivia Nelson and Dota. As I've said before, I've already committed to dying on her Hill. She's going to have a really good senior season. I firmly, firmly believe that. <laughs> I don't firmly believe that, but I'm willing to die on that hill. That's fine. I'll, I'll fall on that sword if she doesn't. I just really think the reaction that she's not going to start, that Dork is going to take her starting spot. I, I can't imagine that happening. And believe me, I understand the hesitancy about thinking that Olivia is finally going to turn it around. But I go back to the point that they didn't really have an offseason last year. 
she was still really kind of the only one that they could rely on. I mean, Aaliyah Edwards had a good year, but did she really do that great against some of the top teams in the country? No, and that's fine for a freshman. But I think the fact that Olivia Nelsadota now has an Aaliyah Edwards that's a year older and Dorka out there with her too, I don't think those two players are going to take away from her minutes or going to take away from her role. I think they're going to take the pressure off of her and make her better. And I mean, this is very subjective, but she just seems like a little bit of a different person from the times that we've talked with her in the past. You talk with her and she, she might say stuff, but she'd never actually tell you anything of value. She wouldn't give you any good quotes. She just feels a lot more mature and really seems to be embracing the leadership role. And I mean, I, I, I'm not in the locker room. I don't know how much of a leader she was this last year, but I just, she feels like she's a little more well-equipped to handle the spotlight and to handle the burden. So I don't know. I have a good feeling about how she's going to look this year. Why am I wrong? Well, I'm going to agree with you first and then I'll say what I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to point out that I feel like what you said about how, you know, you now have an Aaliyah Edwards that was good as a freshman, but now as a sophomore. And then you bring in Dorka Juhas. So you, she has help in the front court, which I think is something that she hasn't really had at all in her career like she's been asked to play a really big role I and mean, somewhat in her freshman season but her sophomore and junior season she was asked to take on this huge role without much help in that front court and I think having someone else there alongside her and that ability to play someone alongside her that's going to be a strong force inside as well is going to make a big difference for her I think like you said it takes some of the pressure off but I also think it just I'm going to open her up on the floor a little bit teams can't just focus like their biggest player on her all of the time. It's going to change things up a little bit for her, which I think is going to help her have a better season. I still feel like I'm not sold on having a huge season. And I in no means think that like Dorka is going to take her minutes or anything like that. Like I think she's still going to play a lot and things like that. I just, her game, she's, I don't know. I'm like not sold that she can step it up against some of these like the elite talents that they're going to see like someone like Aaliyah Boston from South Carolina can she really win that matchup not that she has to win that matchup but like I think for her to have this like big season where everyone feels like she made this big jump that's kind of what people are looking for and I just don't know that like she's a has the potential to win that matchup which isn't really a knock on her like Aaliyah Boston the best center in the country has been for two years it's going to continue to be but I think Maybe it says a little bit more about where she's going to fit in at the next level, because when you get to the WNBA, like you get a Leah Boston every night. The thing I have keep coming back to is she doesn't have to win those matchups against Aaliyah Boston. She doesn't have to win that matchup. She doesn't have to win the matchups against the other best teams in the country. She just can't lose them. And I think there's a difference because against South Carolina last year, she was perfectly fine. She went three of 10 from the field. Not great by any means. She only had six points, but she played 30 minutes, which means that she wasn't in foul trouble the entire game as she's prone to getting into. She had seven rebounds, which isn't great, but it was enough. Aaliyah Boston didn't necessarily go off. It wasn't like Olivia, they just couldn't stop Aaliyah Boston. I feel like that's just what you need out of Olivia Nelson Adota in these big games. I don't think she's going to be right next to Aaliyah Boston as the second best center in the country. I mean, yeah, she might be, I don't really know who the second best center in the country would be, but that's besides the point. I don't think she's going to be next to Aaliyah Boston is what I'm trying to say. She's not going to be that level, 
but that's not what UConn needs out of her. She just needs to not be bad in the big moments, the way she was at Arkansas, the way that she was against Arizona, the way she was against Baylor two years ago. If she can just be a net neutral player in those best games, UConn is going to win most of them. I'm not going to say they're going to win every single one, but UConn will win most of them. And I think if she can do that and then just be a really good player in every other game, that's, I think, just a huge, huge step up from where she has been. So I don't think that she's going to end up on the Huskies of Honor wall or she's going to be a National Player of the Year candidate. I think she, I think she's going to garner All-American consideration. I think she could even be an All-American. I think that's just different than saying that she's going to be one of the best centers in the country. So I think she can have a big senior year without being a Leah Boston. And I think when I say that, I think, I think when I say that people think that I'm predicting she's going to be as good as Aaliyah Boston. And I'm not, I just think the bar that she set for herself is a little low granted, but she's just going to be really consistently good as a senior. And she's not going to kill UConn in any games. I think that's what she needs to be for UConn to be really successful, especially if Aaliyah Edwards and Dorky Uhas can also pick up some of the slack with her role and help out in the post that's going to be a huge boost. Just don't lose games for UConn. And that's going to be a really good senior year. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I don't, like you said, I don't think she has to win all those matchups for UConn to have a really good season and for her to be kind of helping the team more than she did last year. I just think when you say like this, she's going to have a big season in UConn terms to every UConn fan, that means like she's going to be like a first team All-American and like the second best right, right. like that, which I don't, I don't think that's her ceiling, right? I think her ceiling is probably more like she might sneak onto a, a third team All-American and you know have a good year but she's she's not going to be winning some of those you know matchups when you're playing a team like South Carolina or if you have to play like NC State and Eliza Canaan like I just think yeah I think that's where the line kind of draws the bar is actually kind of low for her to be an all-american though if you think about it I think she's been all-american or honorable mention all-american the last two years she was definitely last year I think she was the year before too yeah she was I feel like it's going to be harder this year. I feel like when you look at like how good last year's freshman class was just in general throughout the country, like obviously Paige Beckers is the one example of that, but there's just a lot of really, really good freshmen in last year's class. And not all those players are sophomores. And I think going to be at more attention for that kind of all American race and rightfully so. I think that the competition is going to be a little higher for that this year. I think you didn't really lose that many players last season that were kind of, you know, fighting for all American spots where I think you've added more this year. Okay. That's fair. That's the senior class. I think, I mean, if you throw Dorka in that group and we'll talk a little more about Dorka in a bit, but that senior class is probably going to be what decides if UConn wins a national championship or not, because Paige is probably going to be as good as she is or as she was last year. I think if you're relying on someone like AZ or Caroline to win the national championship, odds are that you're probably not. I mean, how many times has a freshman been the reason that UConn's won the national championship? Like not just had a really good game at some point, but was the driving force behind the national championship. It's got to be Stewie, right? That's the only one that I can think of. Yeah. Only Stewie. So I think you're asking a lot if those are the ones that are going to win you the national championship, but again, does UConn win the national championship last year if Olivia Nelson Adota shows up against Arizona? Can they beat Stanford if she plays well against Stanford too? Maybe. Kristen Williams, do they win 
eh, I, I don't feel like Kristen Williams has been the reason they haven't won a national championship, but if she doesn't have a great game in the final four, the elite eight, does that sink their season? Gino even said that Dorka might be the one that puts them over the top. Is Avina going to need to come in and get hot from three or something? I just think those four players are going to be so influential over this year. And if they can all play near their ceiling, then UConn, I think, is going to be really, really tough to beat for as good as South Carolina is and for as good as Stanford is. With Paige Beckers and the seniors all playing really well, I don't know. I think UConn's really tough, but that's obviously a big if. Yeah, exactly. It's a big if right now, and I think we'll get more clarity on it as the season goes on. But I agree that it's going to kind of come down to where those players can stand up to. And I feel like in a lot of ways it comes down to Kristen and Olivia because I think we kind of know what we're going to get from Avina. Can she step it up in those moments? Sure, but I think we know what her role is a little bit more on this team and like where to step it up. But I think Kristen having like big moments. I mean, Kristen playing basically like she played in last year's postseason consistently is really what they need from her, maybe a little bit more. And then Olivia is going to have a big piece. And I could see kind of why Gina's probably saying Zorka as well, because like having that extra depth in the front court, probably it, it takes a little bit of pressure off of it, having to be like Olivia playing the best in all those moments. Let's actually get into Dork now. We had her scheduled for a little later, but how exactly is Dorka going to fit in here? Because we've heard good things about her. I still don't feel super confident. Maybe it's just the recent history with only Avina Westbrook being a true impact transfer in recent years. There's still an adjustment from any other program up to UConn. Yeah, Dorka was a back-to-back Big Ten all-first team player. She's proven herself at the college game, but I think it's a different type of there's just a different level you have to get to to prove yourself at UConn so not that I doubt that she's going to get there but I just think I want to see it happen first but how do you think she fits in on this team because you've got two really good bigs already in Olivia Nelson Adota and Aliyah Edwards you've got someone like Aubrey Griffin who can kind of play in a swing role how is she going to help this UConn team get over the top how do you see her fitting in yeah, I think part of it is just having depth in that front court. Cause like I think you're still, I mean, we can talk about Aubrey Griffin more later, but like the consistency isn't there. I think to say like you're gonna rely on Aubrey to kind of play that like third role in the post and having like a third option, even if you are gonna say like, okay, Olivia and Leah are your like two go-tos in the post, like when someone gets in foul trouble, they have in the kind of in the past really had no answers in terms think of an example from last season, but I feel like that even that Baylor game in the elite eight, like I think Aaliyah was in foul trouble and it was just like, there was really no one else that they could put in there that was going to help hold their own in the front court against just a larger team when something like that happens. And now when you have Dorka, you have that option and you can you have more of a rotation there. And you also have kind of three different players in the post, which I think is also something that Dorka adds in that, you know, when you have bigger teams that you match up with, there's there's still different types of players and different matchups that you need to be worried about. And now you have a little bit more versatility in that front court. And you you know Olivia with Dorka is a different look than with Aaliyah. And if Olivia's on the bench, you know Aaliyah and Dorka is a totally different look. And you can kind of throw different looks at those bigger teams to to figure out what works there. Because I feel like when you look at this UConn team, there's not a whole lot of question marks in that backcourt, right? Like we can talk all we want about mm-hmm. how what level is Kristen Williams going to get to, but 
regardless, UConn still has one of the best backcourts in the country. The front court is where the question mark is. So now you have more options to try to play around with there. Yeah, definitely. Obviously, depth is the big thing. But as you mentioned, I just think the change of pace nature that Dork is going to bring is really what's going to help this team because Aaliyah, until she proves otherwise, is a strong physical presence in the post who can maybe step out and hit jumpers from the elbow, but is mostly going to be in there for rebounding, second chance, and some scoring each game. Olivia, good passer in the post, can score a lot against bad teams, but you're not going to see her step out a whole lot from the basket and consistently make shots from the outside. And until she proves otherwise, I don't really have confidence in her being able to do that. And I think we saw last year that they really wanted Olivia to do that. I think it was the South Carolina game where weren't UConn's like first four shots, Olivia from either just inside or outside the three point line. It was almost like, okay, how many times do we need to see this to know that this probably isn't working out? It was shocking how many times she was taking shots from outside the arc in that game. And I think it was very obvious that they wanted to get Aaliyah Boston away from the basket so that the guards could drive and not have to worry about getting blocked. Dork has been an up and down three point shooter throughout her career. It seems like maybe some of that last year was her getting COVID in like January and never really getting back to her original level. If she can provide an outside threat and be an inside out big, I think that's huge for UConn and being able to spread the floor against, especially some of these bigs like Aaliyah Boston, other teams like that. When you get in the NCAA tournament, she can step out, hit threes and force those bigs to come out or force teams to play in a zone where then UConn's just going to feast as they did against Syracuse in the second round in the NCAA tournament. I think that's really where she's going to help this team on top of just being another player in that front court, because obviously you can never have too much rebounding. You can never have too much height. She's six, five. I mean, there's, there's lots of things that you can do with her. And I think I can't remember which player said it, but one of the players mentioned that the offense is just different when Dork is out there and it's not necessarily better. It's not necessarily worse than when Olivia is in there. It's just different. So I think last year there wasn't a whole lot of flexibility in what UConn could do with their offense. I think that's going to be a lot different this year in large part, not completely, but in large part because of Dorka. Yeah, I think that's fair. It's just a totally different look. And I think, especially in times where like whatever's on the court isn't working against the bigger team, it gives you another option, which I think is huge to have. I think that's something this team hasn't had in many seasons now. I mean, I think we've gone through many seasons where there's kind of like, one game plan, and if that game plan doesn't really work, then it's kind of like, well, <laughs> who's going to like hit some crazy shots so that they win? And I think we've got a very different situation this year, and Dorka in the front court is a big part of that. Yeah, I mean, as much as we can talk about the South Carolina win last year, that involved just an unbelievable performance from Paige Beckers. I don't remember the numbers off the top of my head, but she scored all of UConn's points in overtime. She scored the last of their points during regulation half her shots were like an off balance jumper in traffic. Obviously the game ceiling three pointer that she just heaved up from the top of the yard, bounced straight up into the air and went in. It's not like UConn just thoroughly outplayed South Carolina Paige Beckers thoroughly outplayed South Carolina, the rest of the team. I'm not so sure. And then obviously South Carolina couldn't finish the ball at the end of regulation. So that game very easily could have gone differently because they just kind of got stuck in only being able to play one style. 
So I think, yeah, it's going to be a much more versatile team this year. But speaking of Paige Beckers, best freshman season ever. First freshman ever to win a National Player of the Year trophy. Third freshman ever to be an AP first team All-American. Pretty much won every single award that she was eligible to make it quick. How she follow that up this year? I think Paige is going to be better. And I'll drop a hot take here. I don't think she's just going to be better in the way she plays. I think her numbers are going to be as good as they were, despite everyone else around her getting better. I think that's how good she is. And she's still going to score 20 points a game. Her assist numbers are going to get better. She's going to be better defensively. She's going to shoot just as well. I'm not expecting any drop off in Paige Becker's numbers or her performance. Everything's going to get better across the board. Yeah, I feel like that's a really hot take. I think her numbers are going to get better with the exception of her scoring. That's really the only thing I think I see coming down. And I just think because this team has so many more weapons, they don't need to rely on her to score as much as they did last year. And that's not enough to like page this game at all. Like I think she's going to be way better. I just don't think they need her to score. Like I don't think they're going to need her to do what she did in that South Carolina game and just totally take over the game and like win it kind of on her back and I think that's just a sign of this team being better. So I could see her scoring numbers go down, but I agree. I think her assist numbers will go up. I think you're going to see her do more in the court. I think we're going to see better defensive performances for her. Like, I still think she's like probably should be the favorite to win national player of the year is going to have an insane season. Like I do think she's that good, but I, I just think the scoring might drop off a little bit, which I guess might hurt her in that like national player of the year race a little bit because people, I think put way too much emphasis on scoring, but um, I think she, she might be a little bit more efficient too, which is crazy to say considering how efficient she was last season. But I think she doesn't need to necessarily take some of those crazy off balance shots and things like that that she took last season. I think there's more weapons and more options. Yeah, you say that, but without having the numbers in front of me, I'm pretty sure she was 100% on those off balance shots. <laughs> it seemed like every single one went in. Yeah. It was incredible. See, like, I understand what you're saying. Obviously there is going to be more around her and she's naturally a pass first player. So she's going to want to give the ball up, but I, I can't remember exactly what Gino said, but he mentioned something along the lines of she's smarter and she's got a better sense of when to pass and when to shoot and when to be aggressive. I don't think we're trying to split up any number of points here. I think Paige can continue scoring 20 points a game and her assist numbers go up and she's giving up the ball a lot more and UConn's offense as a whole just kind of rises a rising tide lifts all boats I think that's more kind of where I'm thinking this is going to go because she's so good and she's not going to have to carry the offense on her back but we've still seen that she can pretty much score at will as she did against South Carolina she's going to be able to do that by getting way less defensive attention because if Kristen Williams is as good as she was in the NCAA tournament. And if AZ FUD's as good as advertised, and if Olivia Nelson Adota or Leah Edwards or Dorka Juhas or really anyone else that are going to be in those last two spots, if they can score on a consistent basis, defenses aren't going to be able to key in as much on page. So maybe there might be a little more volatility in her numbers where last season, I think, I don't think she dipped below single digits or into single digit points all year. She maybe had one. I think there's going to be some games where maybe she only has 12, 13, 14 points, but she has something crazy like 10 assists. But I still think she has plenty of 30-point games this year just because she's that good. And for as talented as the rest of the roster is going to be, as you know, in basketball, there are just some games where players get hot and you just let them shoot. And I think that's just the type of player Paige is. When she's scoring and on a run, you just give her the ball and step out of her way. 
So as much as she naturally might want to be a player that passes it, I think as she matures, she's going to learn to be more of like a Diana Taurasi type player where it's, look, we need a basket. Give me the ball. I'm going to go score. And then we're going to go stop them. You're going to give me the ball again. We're going to go score. And it's just going to go like that. So I really think she's just, I don't know if it's possible to take it to another level. It feels like she's on the roof already, but I'm, I'm just really expecting huge, huge things out of Paige as a sophomore, which is amazing to say. <laughs> yeah, it's really hard to try to wrap your head around like what her looking so much better than last year looks like because she was already just kind of so clearly the best player in the country as a freshman. So where do you go from there? Like obviously there's plenty of things in her game that she can improve and she can be better, but it's, it's hard to picture uh, like what that looks like. It's terrifying to picture what that looks like. <laughs> well, it's, I feel like, hard but fun if you're a UConn fan and really terrifying if you're not a UConn fan. I don't think it matters who you are. I think that's terrifying regardless. <laughs> I mean, I really don't think it's a hot take. I'm not predicting she will, but I, it's fully possible that Paige Beckers becomes the greatest basketball player of all time. She's just that talented. I, I don't mean that as a hot take or as a statement. She's just that talented and has the potential to be that good. And the thing that I always went back to last year was that the most impressive part about her was that nothing phased her as a freshman and she played like a veteran every single game from the jump. She's going to be even more mature. She's going to be even more confident. She's just going to have such a better sense of the game and how to play and what the team needs from her that I think is really going to help her too. Yeah, exactly. I mean, her freshman season is just something like we've never even seen before, and it's only going to go up from there. So I think it's going to be really interesting to see what she does this season. Speaking of the returners, I feel like so much attention has kind of been on the seniors, specifically Kristen Williams, I feel like, on Paige, and then on AZ, and to a certain degree, the newcomers, throwing Dorka in there. But there's Aubrey Griffin, who's incredibly interesting, and all the sophomores who played really well are, I mean, all the sophomores in general, but then the Aaliyah Edwards, the Nika Mules, to a certain degree, Mir McLean, who all flashed different levels of potential and helped the team out at different points. They were all good players last year, and there's definitely room to improve. I'm very interested to see exactly how much of a step each of those players takes forward because Aliyah Edwards can have the exact same year she had as a freshman, and she's still going to be extremely helpful to this team. Same thing with Nika Mule, less so for Mir McLean, just because her numbers really fell off as the season went on. But Gino said that Nika Mule could be an all biggies first team player if she can start to put it all together and if she can get her aggression and her intensity and her fouling under control. Aliyah Edwards, I think that goes without saying, she was on the all biggies freshman team. She was an all Big East preseason selection. She needs to get the fouls under control too. She needs to be a little more of a versatile player. I think she has to be able to step out and hit those elbow jumpers, maybe not hit three pointers, but just be able to provide a threat away from the basket. But we've seen some players in UConn's history take huge step forwards. Nafisa Collier and Katie Lou Samuelson come to mind. Even Megan Walker. Megan Walker wasn't much of a factor as a freshman, was a really solid role player as a sophomore. I think there's a lot of potential with really that entire sophomore class in what they could potentially be this year, depending on how much they've developed. 
Yeah, I agree. And I think a lot of it, like you said, is like what they add to their games because they all came from really, really solid freshman seasons. But then like, how can they build on that? Aliyah Edwards is particularly interesting after like spending the summer with the Canadian national team. I have to imagine that's evolved her game quite a bit. It's going to be really interesting to see kind of how that translates and the fact that she was playing in a little bit of different spot there, even if she didn't get a ton of minutes. How does that translate to what she looks like for UConn? And then Nika Mule is one that's really interesting to me because I think her defensive presence is just something really unique on this team. I'm like, there's, I don't think really another player that defends like she does. And if she can kind of control that, keep the fouling down a little bit more, things like that, like she has potential to be the type of player that maybe not this year, but I think going forward is going to be in a conversation for like a, a defensive player of the year and things like that, even though that's, you know, typically a, a word that we see more like bigs in the running for DD Richards won it, I think twice for Baylor. Like it's something that a guard can win. And I think she, I think her game in a way reminds me a little bit of Richards and that she doesn't score a ton, but she has that strong defensive presence. And I think it's going to be really interesting to watch that evolve. In terms of basketball and her general career development, yeah, it'll be good for Nika to get that following down. In terms of just pure content and entertainment, Gino's jokes about Nika fouling, I mean, I'm going to miss those if those ever go away. I don't know if they will. I feel like he's still just going to get on her about fouls his entire, her entire career. And I don't think there's ever going to be a point where she's not complaining about fouls, even if she does get it under control a little more, because... You don't go from playing in a really physical league and a more physical style of play back home and not feel like you have to play much softer. You can't be as aggressive as you are here. I think that's always kind of going to be in her mind, even if she does kind of get the sense of how much she can push the envelope. I really hope that's just a thing that continues on forever because that's such a great running joke between Gino well mostly just Gino but in t- when he talks about Nika I feel like every single time someone asks him about Nika he has to make a joke about her following everyone <laughs> yeah I hope that part doesn't go away I, I feel like she'll average like one foul a game playing 30 minutes and he'll still make comments about it though so I'm not too concerned <laughs> so at one point she's going to go through like a full game a long game without following and Gino's going to have an all-time quote for it. I don't know what it is, but he's going to have something. Yeah. Okay. Oh, she, she's had one of them already. Savior last year, 33 minutes, zero fouls. Oh, is that the game she also scored like 15 points in there? Was that a different? No, that was the game after she only had one foul in that game. Yeah. That was Creighton on February 25th, 19 points. I don't ever think Nika's going to be the go-to scorer on this team. But I, I kind of feel like the next step in her development would be fouling less and just being an option to score because we've seen that she can do it, but she only reached double figures three times in her entire career. It's there. They may not necessarily need it, but it would be a nice little boost if she was just a threat or if she could consistently knock down threes because I think at one point in the year she was hitting at 50% from three. It dropped down to 30% because it was just a very small sample size. But really, if she can be a 3 and D player and a pass-first point guard, I think that would be an excellent, excellent step for her as a sophomore at the very least. And then we could talk about what she could eventually become later on. But yeah, I think she just has such a high floor that no matter how far she's developed over this past summer, she's still going to be a very useful contributor to this team. Yeah, exactly. And I think 
the scoring is it's a nice bonus they don't need it but if she can even just be a threat to score i think that's that changes the way that you have to guard her right like if she is mm-hmm. has the potential to you know you've seen her knock down five threes in a game a couple times you don't want to leave her hanging open on the three-point line which changes what the defensive scheme has to look like when she's on the floor which will work to UConn's advantage even if like it's not going to be a game where she scores a ton of points so I think from that perspective her having some of those big games is good but I don't think UConn needs her to score I think UConn needs her to go out there and make a difference on the defensive end and I think regardless of how she's developed over the summer we'll see that I also think kind of along the same lines that I said for Paige, she's really going to benefit of just having more experience at the college level, being a little more mature in her game, because I think both these players did it a lot where they try and force a pass that wasn't really there and they would turn it over or they just wouldn't make great decisions with the ball all the time. And they made way fewer than you would really expect out of any freshman. And that's a classic freshman mistake. It's something they can fix but I just think she's going to benefit from being a little more secure with the ball and making smarter passes because as great as those replays and highlights are of a no look bounce pass through three defenders, that's a pretty low percentage attempt. So if she can just be a little smarter, make the easier passes and cut down her turnovers, I think that'll really help her too and help the team as a whole. Agreed. That is one thing that like, when you look at the numbers from last season sticks out a little bit, it's like their turnover numbers weren't, bad but they also weren't great which is not really surprising when you had you know at least two freshmen in the backcourt with a significant amount of minutes but I think that's something that like you said from just an extra year under Paige and Nika's belts will make a big difference so I want to talk about Aubrey Griffin and Mira McLean going in that order Aubrey's really interesting because as we've talked about so much she has so much potential and when she's just on one of those games where she can't be stopped. She is so, so good. We just don't see it often enough. I don't know the way that Gina's talked about her this off season with her, him saying that Aubrey's still Aubrey when she's good, she's great. And when she's not, she's not in the summer. And then the fact that she's been injured for a lot of the fall and the preseason practice, I don't know. I'd love to be proven wrong, but I just have a hard time of seeing her break out and become more of a have more of an impact than what she's had in her first two years I still just think she's going to be that spark plug off the bench that you don't really know what you're going to get from her on a given night she might explode for 25 points 15 rebounds other nights she might not get any of either so she's got such huge potential I think the depth on this team just might work against her and it might be a little tough for her to have more sizable of an impact than she would have in maybe different years yeah, I agree. I think the further down this roster you get, it's going to become a common theme of just like, if you can't be consistent, there's just so much depth on this team that's like going to be ahead of you. So I think it's kind of going to be one of those things where it's even harder than it has been in the past to make a bigger impact than she has. But I think, I mean, even getting what they've gotten from her in the past is still, like, it's still right. That's Mark plug off the bench. She's someone that's unique a little bit in that role. She can do, she has a different skill set than, everyone on this team and I think we've kind of be at this point into the ground at this point but like the way this team looks is going to differ based on who they're playing because they have so many options and there's going to be games where Aubrey is really part of that answer I think and then there's going to be games where they don't really need her in in a different year I think I'd be predicting Aubrey Griffin to be the breakout player of the year again because I think she was my pick last year but I don't know I just 
have a really hard time seeing her path to a bigger role or a more impactful role. And that's even more so for Mir McLean, who was really good at the start of last year and really showed some good thing at, at times, super athletic, would just go out there and make plays. She had a really nice pass, I remember, to Aubrey Griffin in the opener against UMass Lowell. Great rebounder, really good on defense. But she's really almost the exact same type of player as Aubrey. And, you know, the team two years ago, Aubrey's freshman year, Muir would have had a big role. But this year, again, as you just said, as we've said a million times, with all the depth that they have, I don't even really see that much of a path to playing time for her, or at least not anything significant more than like three minutes at the end of the first half or something. Yeah, I agree. Unless there's been some kind of like dramatic development in the offseason that we've heard nothing about, which you never know, but I kind of agree. I just don't know where she fits in in this rotation. I think it's going to be something similar. They might, you know, throw her into a game. They're having a tough time and they feel like they need a spark off the bench, but I don't think that I see her like having a significant role on this team. She only played 11 minutes against Arkansas. That doesn't feel right. I thought she played a lot in that Arkansas game. Yeah, I felt like she did well in that Arkansas game too, but clearly I'm remembering it slightly wrong. (laughs) Then there's the freshman. I think we've heard enough about AZ Fudd and Caroline Ducharm to know that they're going to play and they're going to play a decent amount. Gino's already said there's times where they look like they've been here for a couple years. Amari DeBerry, and I'll group Sailor Poffenbarger in with this group. At least Amari, it sounds like they're seeing her potential, but I just, same thing with Mir McLean, same thing with other players that we've talked about. With the depth they have in that front court, I don't really know how she's going to be able to get a ton of playing time unless someone gets into foul trouble and they decide to throw her out there and give her a chance. But Easy Foot and Caroline, I think those two are going to be good players for this team. I think, I mean, I think AZ can be really good as a freshman and just not have all that great of numbers just because there's going to be so many people on the pecking order ahead of her. I think all they really need her to be is a really good three-point shooter who can score a good number of points on occasion and who can just not be a liability on defense. I think a sa- the same thing probably goes for Caroline. So I, I just am in this very weird spot where I have very high expectations for them, but I have very low expectations for them at the exact same time. I expect them to be good players. I don't expect them to see, like, I expect them to do a lot too. I just don't think statistically they're going to be unbelievable the way Paige was. I think it'll be a lot more like Aaliyah Edwards was for a lot of the year or the way Nika Mule was where you'd kind of have to go, look, don't look at her numbers, just watch her play, watch them play. And they're really good players for this team and they're helping even if you're not seeing it in the box score. So that's kind of where I expect these two freshmen to be. I don't know, like just how good can AZ realistically be with everyone that's on this team? Yeah, I agree with you for Caroline. For AZ, I still do because it's like, we're like, yeah, how good could she, can she be with everyone that's on this team? But I feel like last year we're like, how good could Paige be? And then she did what she did and it was crazy. And like, it's hard to imagine that a freshman, and I don't think, regardless I don't of how talented AZ is, I don't think she's going to have a season like Paige because I just think the team doesn't need that. The last year the team needed Paige to play like that to be as good as they were. I don't think they need that from AZ to be, like, national championship contenders this year. I think they're going to be there anyways. But from everything we have heard, and it's hard to wrap your head around, but, like, AZ is supposed to be a better player than Paige. She is supposed to be like this generational talent. So to say that she's like just gonna have a year like 
Aaliyah and Nika, which is still a really, really good freshman season, feels like we're selling her a bit short. I feel like my expectations for her are a little bit higher than that. Yeah, that's kind of what I mean, though. Like, I I expect a lot of out, out of her. Maybe it's just I don't know what to expect. Maybe it's just having a hard time finding where the line should be drawn. It, it's just very confusing because... I mean, even in the best case scenario, is it realistic to say that AZ is going to be better than Kristen or Paige? Because Paige is already the best player in the country. Is AZ going to come in and be better than the best player in the country? And if I think Kristen Williams is going to be an All-American, do I think AZ is going to be... Like, not only does AZ have to be as good as those two, she'd have to be better than those two in order to kind of prove herself if that makes sense like if she's at the same level as Kristen Williams I think we're still going to be I don't know what I do you understand what I'm trying to say where it's just it would take so much for her to even be more than just the third best guard on this team yeah I think that's fair but I think there's a world where she's the third best guard but also the third best player on this team like I see a world where like Probably not to start, but I see a world where, like, well, maybe to start. Who knows? We said Paige wasn't going to start last year, and we were dumb. So, yeah, um. I, I refuse to make a starting lineup <laughs> prediction without AZ in it. I don't, I would rather be wrong that she's not in the starting lineup than do this thing we did with Paige last year, where we said we, or I said she wouldn't be in the lineup, and then she was the national player of the year. So, no, AZ will be in the starting lineup. I don't care whether she is or not. Yeah, <laughs> but I see a world where, like, I mean, like, obviously you have to have talent in the front court and that has to work, but, but I see a world where it's, like, you start Paige Beckers, AZ Fudd, and Kristen Williams in your backcourt, and outside of, like, if you're playing a South Carolina or a Stanford, that backcourt, well, probably even when you're playing those teams, too, but, like, that court, backcourt alone could probably, like, you could put no one else on the floor and they're probably going to beat most of the teams on their schedule. Like, I could see the three of them kind of being with, like, three-headed monster or whatever like like the Oregon big three or something like that where it's it's a different set of players but like kind of just this three players that are really running everything for UConn I I definitely understand what you're saying that's also just why I feel like UConn while right now I'm putting them at the same level as Stanford and South Carolina but I think UConn's ceiling is definitely the highest of those three teams specifically because of AZ and Paige Paige is the best player in the country South Carolina with Aaliyah Boston, I think can challenge her with that. I think she's probably, it would probably, if you were ranking it, it would be page number one in terms of who you'd predict to win national player of the year. And then probably depending on your opinion, Caitlin Clark and Aaliyah Boston, two and three, two A, two B, however you want to try and flip it and rank it. I think those two are right there. Stanford, yeah, Haley Jones is really good, but I don't think she's going to be in the conversation for the best player in the country. I could definitely be wrong about that. But if we're talking about how high these teams can get, like you said, if AZ is even three-fourths of how good Paige was as a freshman, I mean, yeah, like you said, it could be UConn has, or those are the three best guards on the team. It could be those are the three best players in the country in the team. I, I don't think that's going to happen, but I think it's at least a possibility. So I really just like how much potential UConn has and whether or not they get there. I'm not super sure because of how young a lot of these players are. I mean, if we're looking at this team with AZ being a sophomore, if AZ was able to graduate early and come in last year, then yeah, I think our expectations would be a little different, but 
Paige was just so immune to the freshman struggles in the way that only Maya Moore has been. That's a really high bar for AZ to reach. And look, maybe Gino just had the greatest recruiting stretch of his life where he recruited the two best players he's ever going to have. Maybe that happens. I just think it's so it's a little too much to expect AZ to be that level-headed and be that mature and be that good as a freshman without knocking AZ. I think just Paige set such an impossibly high bar that it's going to be really high for her to get there. But I do, I do see what you're saying about how those could be the three best players on the team. And I do think that's a possibility, but yeah, I'm just really intrigued to see exactly how good she is because I know she's going to be an impact player this year. I just don't know exactly how much of an impact she's going to have. Yeah, and it's hard to guess, especially when you don't know. I do think, though, like the comment about, like, I mean, Paige was the first player we saw that came in that didn't have those freshman struggles, and she just, like, was unfazed by things and stuff. But I wonder how much of that comes, and this would apply to AZ as well, from the fact that, like, when you look at, like, someone like Stewie, right, like, the social media didn't exist in the way it did today. Like, yeah, you knew she was the number one recruit, and she was supposed to be great, but you didn't have, like, this, like, ton of attention on her through high school and all this stuff where – I feel like that's part of like the adjusting to the college landscape and that's something that Paige was already dealing with all the time, right? And that's something that AZ already has been dealing with. So I wonder if that kind of plays somewhat into like why they're coming, why Paige came in with more maturity and was unfazed by things and things like that. Like, and if that's the case, we think that applies to AZ as well. Yeah, I've actually never thought of it that way. That's a really good point. It's amazing to think of, Stewie came in what, nine years ago, which yeah. isn't that long of a time ago and how much has changed in the world in the landscape of the sport in everything i mean i mean also brianna stewart played in syracuse which i'm not sure if they have internet up there they definitely don't have a women's basketball team at that local university <laughs> like would Stewie have been getting the same amount of attention as these two because i think it helps a lot that Paige Beckers is a dynamic personality i think we're starting to see a little bit of how az is a dynamic personality both of them big on TikTok, big on social media. Brianna Stewart, I'm not saying she's not on social media, but she's just not really that same. She just seems to have a more laid back personality publicly, if that makes sense, where I don't know if she would. I mean, Paige is very laid back too. I, I don't know. I just wonder if it would have been the same if Brianna Stewart was here right now as a freshman, if she would have the same attention that these two had coming in. Like, I wonder if part of it was just the nature of who Stewie was. That's a question we can never answer, but no, it's a really interesting point about have they already kind of gotten used to the pressure that they're going to face at UConn where maybe freshmen in the past weren't ready for it. Yeah. Cause I thought like when hearing about AZ, like some long since she, before she were like decided to go to UConn, like she's been this big name in the sport since what, like she won the like Gatorade national player of the year it's a sophomore or whatever like it's it's been a while so it was just crazy and it's all right like the, I feel like we forget about that all the time it's like really really crazy to think about like the number right think about how many great players came out of like last year's freshman class and she won the like national player of the high school player of the year award as a sophomore it's insane or put it this way she won it over Paige yeah that too so yeah. yeah, this this team's potential is really just unbelievable. Really, really unbelievable. And Gino made uh, a comparison to 
Maya Moore's freshman year. I think for this year, I want to say it was after the final four or around that time. He said how they're going to have so many young players next year, but it almost feels like this year's sophomore class is ahead of where past sophomore classes have been, except maybe Lou and Fisa, but it just feels like last year they had to mature so much more with how much UConn needed them in the first place in terms of basketball, with how much they played, but just all that they had to deal with than typical freshmen. So I I just don't really think that youth is going to be a reason that this team struggles this year that I just can't imagine that happening with everything. All everyone, but the freshmen have gone through. Yeah. And I feel like COVID played a big part of that. Like I think you typically don't think of, freshman as being a little bit irresponsible. I mean, I know I was freshman in college, like I was not a responsible person, but you should I mean, be, that's the time to be irresponsible. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I think with the situation they were in with COVID and like what they needed to do in order to be able to have their season, it really probably forced them all. And the fact that they couldn't see their families and like, were really just with the team and things like that probably forced them all to grow up a lot really quickly last year. Some of the best advice that I got going into college was someone said, yeah, don't be stupid. And someone chimed in and went, no, 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 be stupid (laughs) just within reason. (laughs) Like that's your freshman year is the time to be stupid and to make those stupid mistakes that are fixable, not the lose a ton of money or fail out of your classes or like that level, but just the mistakes that are dumb enough where you can laugh about it later and go, okay, yeah, that was stupid. (laughs) Yeah, and last year's freshman didn't have the chance to do that. So I think this is a very experienced young team. It's crazy to think that they've had two classes that have produced almost nothing the last two years where there were no seniors last year. And now Aubrey Griffin's the only junior. I, I mean, I guess technically Dorky Uhas is closer to a junior than a senior because she has two years left, but I throw her more in with a senior. It's just... A very weird comp- composed roster. Composition of it is quite odd. Mm-hmm. That's going to do it for this episode of Chasing Perfection. You can follow Megan on Twitter at Megan Gower. You can follow me on Twitter at Daniel V. Conley. Be sure to subscribe to the show. Tell a friend. Sign up for the UConn Women's Basketball Weekly. We've got a lot of stuff going out there soon. Read the UConn blog. We've got our preview stuff going. Megan just put out the opponent preview for the contenders on UConn's schedule. We're going to have a lot more going out there soon. Megan, got anything to send us out to the first exhibition game? We are less than a week from live basketball and for probably for most fans seeing Paige Beckers play in person for the first time, for me seeing Paige Beckers in person play for the most time. So lots to look forward to. Man, that still blows my mind. Yeah. (laughs) It's crazy. It's a crime. Absolute (laughs) crime that she had to play one season during the pandemic. Anyways, that'll do it from us. Thanks for listening.